1: Welcome back to Miles Away. Today we are talking about Oktoberfest. And today we have a very special guest. We have Molly Fergus, who's the general manager of TripSavvy with us today. Welcome, Molly. Thank you, Zach. Happy to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about your website, TripSavvy?
0: Sure, so TripSavvy is a travel advice website. We reach almost 10 million US readers every single month. And we publish travel guides to the best destinations all across the world. Our writers are based in the cities and countries that they cover and offer really in-depth content for you to help you plan your vacation.
1: So Molly and I go way, way, way back, way uh, be- back. <laughs> before my journalism career to I think our summer welcome before freshman year of college. Is that right?
0: I believe so. I wasn't even old enough to get our credit card then. I think I was 17. Oh my so. god. I just barely
1: was. I think I just got in the American Airlines credit card. Or yes, I was thinking about it. I'm Like, oh, I really want to get this card. But I, one of the things I, I use my miles for was trips to Europe, and I, I never actually made it to Oktoberfest. But you know, I know some of our friends that studied abroad did. When was the first time that you went?
0: I went for the first time in 2015, actually. So not while studying abroad as a, as an adult. I decided I'm going to do this trip and make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. What brought you to Munich that time?
0: We had some friends running the Berlin Marathon, so I went and cheered on my now husband and a bunch of friends running that, and then the Berlin Marathon aligns with Oktoberfest. So we drove from Berlin after the race and went to Oktoberfest in Munich to about a six-hour drive. Because you figure while you're there, if you're there at that time, you have to experience it.
1: Oh, yeah. What was it like for your first time? And, and I mean, you're, you're going back this year, right? I so- am
0: going back, so it must have been good. When I thought of Oktoberfest, I pictured sort of a beer hall in the U.S. like on steroids. And maybe some tents that are set up like maybe for a wedding with dirt floors. But it is way above and beyond that. These tents are spectacular. They are Full-fledged, semi-permanent structures with steel I-beams and wooden floors. Some of them seat almost 10,000 people.
1: Oh, my God. In one tent. In one tent.
0: All (laughs) drinking liters of beer (laughs) and only liters of beer. That is all you can drink. (laughs) So it's really just sort of magical and something you have to sort of experience to understand.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a, a dedicated venue for Oktoberfest, right? So it's is it in kind of the center of Munich, or is it in, in a different part of town?
0: It's just outside the center, so you can walk there from the from the center of Munich or take a quick cab ride. There were pedicabs, I know, going back and forth as well. But they're the Fest grounds. It's designated on the map, so when you look you'll see sort of a big open area, and it says Bavaria Strasse, I think, is the ring that goes around that area. And so the Fest grounds are there all year long, and I think they actually start setting up these tents in the summer. So well ahead of the Fest. You can even go and take a look and see the tents.
1: Obviously, drinking is a a drinking beer, specifically, is a big component of Oktoberfest, but what else is there to do? Is it just drinking all day and night, or are there other activities?
0: It depends on your style. You certainly could do that, but it's actually a huge carnival, so when you go, that was the one thing that really surprised me is there's a giant roller coaster set up, there's swings, there's tons of games. I mean, you could spend all day just sort of having fun with that, too, and then listening to the live music and bobbing around and people watching is really, really fun.
1: Is there a lot of food? Is it just like a, a big food and drink fest? Yes, mm-hmm. there's
0: tons of food, a lot of Bavarian specialties. You'll see these roast chickens everywhere that are truly delicious. It sounds sort of boring, like whatever, we've all had a roast chicken, but they're so, so good, really juicy, roasting on a spit. There's tons of pretzels, of course. There's great cheese spreads. There's different grilled fish. There's You could eat your way around the fest.
1: How does the Oktoberfest experience kind of compare to a, a state fair? So if someone's been to a state fair in the U.S., is it similar in a way with a lot more beer?
0: It's more organized and more structured. You know, again, these tents are all buildings. And they're all decorated differently. They're really, really beautiful. So you have definitely that fair element with the stands and the food, but then I would say a little more the culture and a little more pomp and circumstance behind it all.
1: Can you walk us through just very quickly the, the kind of the history and the cultural background of Oktoberfest?
0: Sure. So Oktoberfest actually started as a celebration for, I believe, King Ludwig I's wedding. And it was a big wedding celebration. They had a great party, and they had such a good time that they decided to repeat this party every year and then they moved it back to September instead of actually October uh, legend has it, and I've heard because the weather was just nice. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. okay, it
1: does overlap with with October, just a very, very a couple briefly. days. yeah What are the dates this year so this- it's
0: september twenty first or October sixth. Okay. So you do get a full week in October this year.
1: Wait, you know, should you be there for the first weekend? Is that kind of the the most exciting time to go?
0: That's certainly a great time to go. It's when they tap the keg. There's one tent shot in I don't know if I said that right. I probably definitely didn't, <laughs> but they tap the keg in there historically every single year and no other tents can serve beer until they've tapped the keg in that tent. Oh, so okay. the whole party. Okay.
1: So what is you have to get there early in the morning for the keg tapping?
0: I think it's at noon. So not that early. Oh, but. got it. <laughs>
1: Okay. What are the general age ranges of, of people that go to Oktoberfest? I mean, all,
0: all ages. I mean, truly, like, children to very elderly people. Really? Okay. All depending, and it's going to vary depending on time of day. So if you're there around lunchtime, you're going to see a lot of – middle age. this is when you maybe see some of the more elderly people hanging out and having lunch. But then as you get toward the evening, it's younger people. The crowd gets a little more more rowdy as the evening goes on, as you might expect. Do
1: you see families in the tents as well, or are they kind of hanging out on the amusement rides? No,
0: absolutely. You see families in the tents as well. But then they're on the amusement park rides. They're playing games. They're participating in the fest. It's a festival.
1: How do the logistics work? Because I know that you you said that you've reserved a couple tents, specific tents already for this coming Oktoberfest.
0: Yes. So some of the tents fill up really quickly. Hofbrauhaus is one that's really famous. That can book up to a year in advance even. So you can go and look up the 14 tents. There are 14 every year. And on the Oktoberfest website, you can find contact information for each of them. Every tent is owned by a different brewery. And they only sell their own beer. And it is typically especially brewed for the festival. So you can only get this beer at this festival every year. And you can email them and ask for reservations. Every tent has sort of a different policy. I know that one tent we're going to didn't require any cash up front, so we just have a reservation for 20 people with my name on it. Another one, you have to purchase a drink and food package, basically. So you pay 37 euros and you get two liters and a roast chicken, one of those delicious roast chickens oh, okay. I mentioned.
1: When I think of Oktoberfest, I definitely think of the you know the, the traditional outfits, I guess, that uh, both men and women wear, right? Yes, yes. Is that, you get all dressed up? Or, you, know, you can.
0: So you don't have to, but it's certainly. As the festiveness of it, I recommend yeah. it. What I do not recommend is buying the fake stuff. So we <laughs> made the big mistake of buying these costumes in Berlin. And Berlin is very different from Munich, they're very different parts of Germany. And we just went into a costume shop and I bought my dirndl, and a couple of my friends bought their lederhosen. My dirndl was mostly passable, but 2 my husband and one of our good friends were wearing fake lederhosen. And I say fake because lederhosen are really, really nice leather pants. They're embroidered. They're really beautiful, well-constructed. What they were wearing were like that felt fake leather, right? So uh-huh. it didn't even look, I mean, it was really, <laughs> really different from what a real lederhosen should look like.
1: It's like a Halloween costume you might wear in the States. It's
0: exactly, like... exactly. And they were approached by two two lovely Bavarian women came up and sort of said, oh, can we get a picture with you? And then took a photo <laughs> and then started giggling and walked away. So don't do that. Uh, oh what God. you can do, if you don't want to splurge on leather pants, which is completely fair, is actually rent these costumes in town. So there's a few different places that provide it. It's usually around 40 or 50 euro per day for the whole the whole getup: so okay. shoes suspenders pants the whole deal
1: so you said it's about 37 euro for you get the two beer chicken and your seat reservation so yes. if say you do a couple days of that a couple days of an outfit it's it's a i guess a pretty affordable you know weekend potentially yeah where, where do the big expenses come in at?
0: so your big expenses on the ground for sure is your hotel so as you can imagine munich is not the biggest city in the world and it fills up really really quickly and prices get expensive for the fest
1: let's talk a little bit about the atmosphere in the tent sure. so i mean you see the pictures and i've seen maybe a few videos but we're, like what's it like all day
0: It's really fun and sort of progresses throughout the day. So both time or when I've gone to both of the tents, I had an 1130 a.m. to 4 p.m. reservation. So you can imagine you get in, people are getting lunch, they're getting their first beers, it's a little quieter. As the music starts playing and the beers start flowing, it becomes rowdier and people are definitely dancing on the tables. There's usually a live band. We found that in the afternoons the bands were playing more traditional music and then as the night went on for the evening sessions you got into some more rock and pop music. So okay. you have to be prepared for some drinking songs and chants that is a requirement and you will not leave without hearing the song I'm Pro Sit which is perhaps the most famous Oktoberfest song we, can,
1: you, can we give it a verse here is that- <laughs>
0: um, I'm Pro Sit I'm pro Sit oh, okay. <laughs> it really just means drink that's all it is and they play it seemingly progressively faster as as the day goes on.
1: <laughs> do you interact with, with the locals and, you know, the the German visitors? And, I mean, is everybody just kind of having a great time together? Or do you stick, you stick to your own groups, just whatever you prefer?
0: It's whatever you prefer. I found you end up talking to people for sure. You know, the first time I went, we had one German speaker with us, so that definitely facilitated the conversations yeah. for us. But, yeah, it's just a festive atmosphere. People are just happy.
1: Who would you not recommend Oktoberfest for? I mean, obviously you said families and kids go, so it sounds like it's, you know, friendly to non-drinkers as well.
0: Sure. If you don't love crowds, you probably don't want to go to Oktoberfest. It's you know there's an element of theme parkness to it, right? There's a carnival grounds, there's fairgrounds. You're going to be dealing with a lot of other people. So if that's not your scene, you probably don't want to go. Even if you're not a big drinker, go for one day and see the spectacle. And if you don't like to drink or don't think you want to spend all day at the tent, you don't have to get a reservation. You could just go walk around. There's beer gardens. You can sit outside. Just spend an hour or two there, sort of soaking up the atmosphere.
1: Can you get into the tents if you don't have a reservation far in advance or?
0: Some times. So it just depends. Okay. And especially those weekday afternoons, you're a lot more likely if there's a table, they're going to let you in. They will make everyone leave at 4 p.m. when the next set of reservations start for the evening, though. So Got just it. be prepared okay. for that.
1: So what else do you do in, in Munich during Oktoberfest? I mean, is there, are you really focused on the event? Do you kind of take a break before or after the going to one of tents?
0: You could do it a few ways. We were focused on the tents when we were there. So we did two days in the tents, and then we were kind of wiped out from that. But you can definitely do sightseeing. You can walk and see the Glockenspiel. You can go to Hoffrad. House is that well. a clock that is a clock okay. in the center of town a really elaborate kind of incredible Google clock you can go to the original Hofbrauhaus, house not the tent but the actual beer hall that's something to do and see it is similar in atmosphere to Oktoberfest it's what all the the chains are based around so you know there's Hofbrauhaus houses kind of everywhere now so that's the original
1: one so you you booked your reservations for the daytime slots for both both tents yes we did why do you do that instead of the evenings
0: Evenings fill up, and so there's a little bit of seniority we found with this. So if you've booked in the tent in the past, then you're more likely to get a good slot the next year. But this is only our second time, so we didn't Uh, get the Okay,
1: so like, Fergus, Fergus, sounds familiar, but not too familiar. So here's a daytime slot for you. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to dig into your flight and hotel options to get to Oktoberfest. Excellent. So, Molly, how are you booking your, your trip this year to get out there?
0: So, this year to get out there, we're actually flying in and out of Paris. So, we didn't use points for that. We were able to find a really cheap fare. So, we just purchased that, and then we're taking a train from Paris. But in the past, I've used points with Air Berlin, which is now defunct. Oh, but yeah. I was, yeah. No Air, no Air Berlin. option, but that was a nice option a few years ago. And then I know United has, has flights. You could even fly in to Zurich, I was looking, and that's only a three-hour train ride. Oh, so okay. It's nice that Munich's really centrally located. You can, how
1: long is the, is the train from Paris?
0: From Paris, it's about five hours.
1: Okay. Do you need to book your tickets in advance, or you just kind of show up at the station and you're good to go?
0: You can book them in a, a little bit in advance, but I looked right now and it was till, still too soon for us to purchase them. So oh, okay, we
1: okay. So if you can't find availability to Munich specifically, you know, consider an, another, you know, like Paris, Paris, Zurich.
0: Vienna is not too far.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it might might even make sense to pair your Munich trip with you know an, another European city.
0: Yep, absolutely. And
1: so, and because it's the fall, you shouldn't have too much trouble finding you know award availability. I would say. Right. It is kind of a business travel season after the you know the slower summer business travel picks up again, but uh, you know especially in economy there should be decent availability. If you can't find flights to Munich, you can connect in Frankfurt potentially uh, if you're booking you know Lufthansa with Star Alliance miles. Can connect in Geneva or Zurich it sounds like you can actually fly into Zurich and then take a train uh, maybe explore a little bit of Switzerland on on your Mm -hmm. way to Munich Uh, and then yeah Paris sounds like a you know a decent option as well yeah and then for hotels uh, there's a couple that are close to the fairgrounds right
0: yes so there's a Hilton and a Sheridan that are both about a mile away from the fairgrounds, and as you might expect, getting cabs can be sort of tricky at a really busy event like that. So being within walking distance is a huge benefit.
1: What's the weather like generally this time of year? What was your experience?
0: It was lovely September weather. So chilly at night. You do want a jacket and you know something to warm up to, but nice crisp fall. Weather.
1: Okay, okay. Because we've identified a couple of hotels that do have award availability. The Cash rates are pretty high, but you said they're what, about a mile away or so?
0: Yeah, when I was looking at both of those on Google Maps. So, you know, a if,
1: if maybe if a 20, 15, 20-minute 20 walk, which yeah. isn't isn't terrible at all. There's the Sheraton West Park. So there's a few Marriott properties, but the Sheraton West Park is probably the closest to the fairgrounds.
0: Yes, with availability that I've seen right
1: and now. And the cash rates are in the, the $500 range, um, which is very steep, I would say, yes. for a Sheraton in <laughs> Munich. I wouldn't be surprised to see it maybe in the, you know closer to $100, $150. You know, other times of the year. Times a year. exactly but you can redeem 25,000 points per night uh, for a stay there so right. I would definitely go that, that route for sure and then there's, uh, there's a Hilton as well the Hul- Hilton um, Munich Park I yes. think is the one that's closest by yes and the cash rates are like 350 or so there or 70,000 Hilton points right, right. obviously of, of those two options I think you're gonna do a little bit better with that 25,000 redemption for the Sheraton yes
0: And if you're thinking about going at all, it's worth just booking a room right now because they do fill up, people end up camping, they get tiny little Airbnbs. I mean, the city really fills up.
1: You know, in in general, if points reservations are are cancelable up until, you know... A day or two before arrival, so right. makes sense. Lock in that space now. uh You know, if you have elite status and you can cancel and redeposit an award, even if you're not 100 percent sure you're going to, you know, be able to book a tent or, or go to Oktoberfest this year, I would start thinking about it and, and get your bookings in. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Molly. If someone wants to follow along in your adventures, uh, where can they find you on social media?
0: So I'm on Instagram at Molly Fergus, and then TripSavvy is also on Instagram at TripSavvy.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Safe travels.
0: Thank you. You too.
1: That's it for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Molly Fergus, General Manager of Trip Again, I am your host, Zach Honig. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin. Our music is by Alex Schiff. If you've been enjoying Miles Away so far, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen.